All right, this is episode one of the Low Ogan experience. I am Low Ogan, and over the course of these three episodes, we will be talking about Audie Murphy's true experience in World War II that he depicts in his book To Hell and Back. Now, this book is absolutely chilling. One of the, like, honestly, one of the most fun times I've ever had reading a book. I believe it is two hundred and seventy-three pages long. Yeah, yeah. 273 pages long, and um, it's a super fun read. It does get dry at some points, but the dry points are few and far in between, and what can you expect from a non-fiction novel? That, and for the most part, that reads like a fiction novel. It's genuinely amazing. I uh, personally received my copy from my grandfather, who I, um, you know, I thanked him greatly for this, because this is a very, very entertaining book. So, if you don't know who Audie Murphy is, he is one of the most decorated combat soldiers of all time. He's part of the U.S. Army, and he was awarded every single award that the U.S. Army has, which is just absolutely insane. His bravery was just... Some of the things he he does is just absolutely nuts in this book. Like, the point where you just question if it was embellished or not... And it's just, it's just hard to tell, honestly, it is. And my grandfather put it perfectly. He just simply, he simply said, just some people can walk through bullets, and that's really all it is. But, um, first I guess we'll start talking characters. So, uh, obviously, you got Audie Murphy. You got Horseface. Yeah, okay, some of these names are going to be really bizarre because it's an old book and old nicknames and, you know, just sort of... Some weird names. So you got Audie, uh, Kerrigan, Beltsky, Novak, and I. Oh, um, I want to kind of talk about Novak for a second because he is one of the funniest characters in the entire book. I don't know if I mentioned Kerrigan already, but Kerrigan is also like the voice of reason in the book. But those are sort of like the two main side characters, if you know what I mean. Anyway. But you have Brand Steiner and Antonio, and I think Olsen would be the last one there too. Yeah. So the book starts off with it. it <laughs> let me tell you what it doesn't hold any stops. Like it does not. It just instantly throws you in within the first page. So you're introduced to a soldier sitting on a rock with. With um, ginger hair, and he's sitting there with his company all around him, and we're not told his name. And then even before we're told his name, he's hit by a artillery shell, and uh, we are later revealed after he's dead that his name was Brandon, or that his name was Brandon. Um, and it just shows the brutality of war because there's no mourning for this guy. He just. They just they just say get his ammo and let's get out of here, but uh, it picks up right after they landed on the Sicily beachheads and the first few chapters which aren't actually named they're just sort of numbered, so there's no like chapter names they're just chapter numbers. The first few chapters depict them moving through Sicily, the attacks on uh, what's the mountain name? Attacks on Mount Fratello. They attacked Palermo, 
but they never got to Messina. That was a different division that did that. But they three beaches that beachheads that they landed or that their core landed in Sicily were Lissetta, Jella, and uh, forgive me if I butcher this, uh, Scoglitty. Yeah, that's a mouthful. Um, there's a little funny part in this in the few few chapters when they're. There's some friendly banter going on between the company, and one of them says, oh yeah, just wait till you get the purple heart, you know. They don't say that to Audie, I think it was Kerrigan saying to uh, Horseface that, and that was, uh, that's sort of funny because you're all joking, I don't think any of them are going to get purple hearts, and little do they know Audie would go on to get more than, you know, just the purple heart. Now, Audi didn't always start off as this combat god, I guess you could say, but we haven't even got into uh, how he handles himself on the battlefield yet, but he started off as this little Texan poor farmer kid who was pretty sure, no, he wasn't adopted, never mind. But um, his mother died when he was younger, and he described his mother as one of the most beautiful people he's ever seen with, like, luscious hair and all that. But, uh, when he was 18, he was uh, plagued with a um, a child-looking face. He was very much baby-faced. Even into his older years, you could see how he had not the most, um, I guess you could say, prominent adult features. So when he was 18, when the war started, he really wanted to um, sign up. But he just, he, he just looked too damn young, and it was just really holding him back. He tried with the Air Force, the Navy, the Marines, the Army, and as soon as he tried with the Army, he got the position, but not the position he wanted. He didn't get an infantry position. He got a position stirring sea rations, and that's just not the uh, ideal thing for someone who wants to be in combat, but, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. And Audie, humbly, accepted that position, but, you know, he wanted more, and as he says, he said he reached for the stars, and ended up stirring food, and it's not what he wanted to do, but through more trying, and more persistence, he eventually got into a infantry division, and I think that's where I will leave off, so... Thanks for listening, and uh, this has been the Low Ogan Experience. I am Logan, thank you very much, and peace out.